The name of this article is Halix Rigidus, Demographics, Etiology, and Radiographic Assessment, written by Michael J. Coughlin, M.D., published in Foot and Ankle International in October 2003. In this article, Dr. Coughlin starts off by explaining the documented findings of Halix valgus, such as symptoms, which is pain with joint motion, soft tissue swelling, and intolerance of shoe wear, Physical examination, which involves increased size of the joint, everted gait, and restricted joint motion. And radiographic findings, such as osteophyte formation, loose bodies, subchondral sclerosis, and widening slash flattening of metatarsal heads. Also joint space narrowing. Coughlin also goes into disputed findings such as found in Table 2, which involves demographic data, age of onset uh, could either be adult or adolescent, the presentation could be either unilateral or bilateral, or general predilection, such as male and female, physical examination, uh, do they have pes planus, or are they more normal, um, or first ray hypermobility, is it rigid or is it more hypermobile? And then, of course, there's many disputed radiographic findings, such as metatarsal articular shape. Is it associated with hallux rigidus? Is it not associated? Is there hallux valgus deformity? Is there first metatarsal length too long or is it too short? Or is there no association at all? He introduces this article with those documented findings and those disputed findings because that's the purpose of this article, which the author claims is to evaluate the demographics, etiology, and radiographic findings associated with hallux rigidus in patients treated surgically over a 19-year period in his practice. In this article, I'm first just going to cut straight to the conclusion um, because there are a lot of numbers and measurements and things that he took, but the conclusion is really kind of the the meat of this article. After that, Coughlin put together a really nice appendix uh, for information on the exact measurement techniques that he used, which I think would be really good for some of the students out there that aren't familiar with some of the different measurement techniques to evaluate a hallux rigidus deformity. Dr. Coughlin found that hallux rigidus was not associated with elevatus. First ray hypermobility, a long first metatarsal, Achilles or gastrocnemius tendon tightness, abnormal foot posture, symptomatic hallux valgus, adolescent onset, shoe wear, or occupation. I'm going to read those off again. Hallux rigidus was not associated with elevatus, first ray hypermobility, a long first metatarsal, Achilles or gastrocnemius tendon tightness, abnormal foot posture, Symptomatic hallux valgus, adolescent onset, shoe wear, or occupation. He, however, found that hallux rigidus was associated with hallux valgus interphalangeus, bilateral involvement in those with familial history, unilateral involvement with those with a history of trauma, and female gender. I'll read those again. So he found that hallux rigidus was associated with hallux valgus interphalangeus, bilateral involvement in those with a familial history, and unilateral involvement in those with a history of trauma, and female gender. 
He found that metatarsus adductus was more common in patients with hallux rigidus than in the general population, but a clear correlation was not found. Additionally, a flat or chevron-shaped metatarsophalangeal joint was more common in hallux rigidus patients. I'll read that again as well. Metatarsus adductus was more common in patients with hallux rigidus than in the general population, but a clear correlation was not found. Additionally, a flat or chevron-shaped metatarsophalangeal joint was more common in hallux rigidus patients. Okay, so now into some of the techniques. So first one of the techniques he used was the Harris mat measurement. He explains here, that a midline foot axis is drawn from the center of the second toe imprint through the center of the heel imprint, and the distal forefoot and posterior heel are marked on the line. At the midpoint between these two marks, a perpendicular line is drawn medial and lateral to the midline foot axis. One centimeter marks are labeled plus one, plus two, plus three for points medial to the axis, and minus 1, minus 2, and minus 3 for points lateral to the axis. A low arch height stains medial, and a high arch height stains lateral. So lateral are negative values, and the medial are positive values. For staining between incremental marks, the greater value is chosen. Positive values indicate pes planus, and negative values indicate pes cavus. Next, the technique that he uses for first ray mobility measurement. The foot plate and ankle foot orthosis secure the lateral foot and ankle, leaving the first ray free for examination. The first ray is grasped and translated in a dorsal slash plantar direction, and the excursion is measured with the micrometer, which is placed on the first metatarsal head, which is medial to the tendon of the extensor hallucis longus. Measurement of joint space width. On the pre- and post-op radiographs, three points were placed along the corresponding articular surface of the proximal phalanx base and distal metatarsal. On the AP radiograph, these points were placed at the medial, central, and lateral aspect of the joint surfaces. On the lateral radiograph, these points were placed at the dorsal, midline, and plantar aspects of the joint surfaces. On a perpendicular line connecting each pair of corresponding points, the joint width was measured in millimeters. The six scores were added and divided by six, giving an average joint width for each joint. The measurement technique of metatarsus primus elevatus. On pre- and post-op weight-bearing lateral radiographs, a line is drawn along the distal dorsal metaphyseal cortex of the first and second metatarsals. A perpendicular line is drawn between the two cortical lines, and the difference between the dorsal cortices of the first and second metatarsals is measured in millimeters. When evaluating the metatarsal adductus angle, on the pre- and post-operative weight-bearing lateral radiographs, the lateral longitudinal axis of the first metatarsal is drawn using mid-diaphyseal reference points. A second line Estimating the plantar surface of the foot is drawn intersecting reference points on the plantar aspect of the calcaneus and the medial sesamoid. The intersection of these two lines forms the first metatarsal declination angle. Once again, this article is called Hallux Rigidus, 
Demographics, Etiology, and Radiographic Assessment, written by Michael J. Coughlin, M.D., published in the Foot and Ankle International in October 2003.